0: Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Erin, and this is part two of our episode with Bill Schillings, who wrote a book about sports parenting. In part one, he discusses why sports parenting is so hard and how you can do it without spending a ton of money. But here is part two.
1: So this question I want to ask, and and I'll, I'll throw in my own personal tidbits about it, because I have two children that played sports, neither played tennis. But um, the question that I have is, why do you, why do parents get so emotional watching your, their own kids play sports? And I'm going to throw in my little story first, sure. Sure. <laughs> and then I want you to answer it because you wrote a book about it. Yeah. But um, I had a son that played re- just rec baseball. He didn't play in high school. He just played, you know, Parks and Rec, and he loved it for a couple of years. And he got put into pitch one day, and I was terrified. <laughs> Because all I could think of was he's either going to win or lose this game, you know, and I almost couldn't watch. And I actually had a parent and I do this to a lot of parents now. um, I had a parent put her hand on my, you know, uh, on my hand and said, it's going to be okay. No matter what happens, it's going to be fine. And I was like, it's true. He's just pitching for parks and rec. It's really not in the grand scheme of life. It's not a big deal. Right. But what I realized from that conversation was the outcome of that baseball game was not a reflection on me. Right. And I, and, and it, it helped me, he's my older child and I have a daughter who plays high level volleyball and I just enjoy watching her play and everybody in every sport makes mistakes. I feel like tennis is a very high, I mean, what do we, we only need to win like 51% of right. points to win right. the match, right. basically. Right. Right. Um, So watching her, it's kind of helped me because now I can just sort of sit back and and watch as opposed to just being so uptight about it Yeah. because I learned from my older one. But um, I think, number one, that's a good piece of advice for parents. But I also want to hear, because you did write this book on it, what is it about parents? And Carolyn and I talked right before we started recording. There's something about tennis that makes parents more it seems to make them a little bit more intense than other sports and maybe it's because their kid is out there by themselves yeah or maybe with one partner yeah but what's what's your insight on that
2: well I just grabbed a notepad because you had so much stuff there that <laughs> yeah <you know. laughs> I know that was a lot <laughs> it's me it's um, <laughs> let me throw back at you uh an anecdote that I thought of when you were talking about your your little guy pitching and totally relates to this is my oldest daughter when she was what how old are you when you're in fourth or fifth grade maybe 10 or something you know
0: 10 let's just yeah, call it ten. 10
2: just like with with you watching your son pitch she was about 10 and she got chosen to play the lead in the school play right annie you know where you're going to sing those famous songs. And it just like, I just thought of that as soon as you talked about your son, because I remember walking into the auditorium and I look up on the stage and there's my little 10 year old daughter all dressed up in character and they bought a microphone in front of her and this gym is packed. And I had the same experience. It was just like goosebumps went through my body. I was just like so uptight. So I think there's just this weird parent wiring that we all have. Where's it come from? You said, well, I knew enough not to, not to get my own self-esteem. It wasn't a reflection on me. Like if she crashes and burns or he crashes and burns, I do know enough, hopefully, to realize that's not because I'm a bad parent. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, don't, no, I think do parents do go there, and that's another topic. But I think a biggie for me, tell me if you relate, is just I just want to protect them so much because they're on the line right there. They know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. And if something bad happens here, i.e. they crash and burn, they fail, quote unquote, they don't do well, and there's everybody watching. You know what that can do to the psyche of anybody, parent or a kid. By the way, that relates to why why is this so hard for kids? You think about some of the envir- competitive environments that we have trouble with as adults going out and playing how psychologically demanding sports can be. And you realize we're putting little kids out there and asking them to do it. That's pretty powerful. So I think we just want to protect them. I think I think that's where it came from with me is I just want to protect you. But there it is again. It's that instinct that doesn't lead me necessarily to be that effective if I allow myself to go too far down that road. I think you also mentioned tennis, particularly the individual nature of the sport Really exacerbates it. But, you know, your son pitching baseball, let's face it, it's him out there against a batter. I get he's got teammates, but I don't know if you guys are watching World Cup, but, you know, World Cup soccer, you know, a couple of days ago, I'm watching and you've got a penalty kick. You know, let's see your kids out there shooting a penalty kick. It's the same thing, it's universal. Hopefully something like this book kind of gets you at least aware that if anything just affirms you, it's going to make you crazy. Sometimes there's going to be serious emotions going on. If you're a parent, there's just no getting around it. But maybe if you have a few principles in your head, maybe you've listened to a podcast like this or read a book or talked to a friend who's been through it with their kid. And they're a little further along. A couple of the folks that have read this kind of in my environment have come back to me and said, Bill. I really liked reading it, but now my kid's a little further along the road. I think I did most of the stuff right, but it sure would have been nice to hear it beforehand. It was like affirming to them, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we all need that sometimes. And then the last thing I thought of when you were talking, Aaron, was um, a great line from a, uh, an author named Daniel Coyle. He wrote a book called The Talent Code, which I would really recommend to folks. And it's, it's all loosely related to the topic today. And I got to hear him speak. He came to Charlotte to speak and uh, he gave a great talk. and, And one of the things he said was the thing that kids like to hear most from their parent is, you know, I really just love to watch you play period. I really just love to watch you play. And if your kid really gets that, not just when you speak it, but in the way you communicate in your body language and your presence that you just, you just love to watch them. Then I think you're going to really go a long way to not going crazy with it. And and also doing your kid a real service.
1: I'm going to throw another curveball in there, but this is a question for Carolyn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So are you going to put your kids in sports? (laughs) We talk about this a lot. Or tennis.
0: Tennis. Well, tennis, they
1: are in sports, but are you going to continue to push them into sports? Because Carolyn always worries about this stuff. We talk about this a lot, Bill. So what's yeah. your answer?
0: Well, yes. and how are you going to
1: act as a tenant as a, as a sports parent?
0: Yes. But I think of all the sports parents that you, you mentioned this, it's because they're out there alone mm-hmm. a lot of times, but you know, I played basketball growing up. I always had a coach, the coach traveled to every yeah. AU basketball tournament we had. Yeah. The parents didn't, I mean, the parents said stuff, but I feel like with tennis parents for tennis parents, it's hard. Because a lot of times you're the only one watching your child, I would assume, that most people don't travel with coaches. So it kind of, you know, at the end of the day, the parent's the only one watching, then the parent has to go back to the coach and tell the coach what happened or the person playing does, has to go back. And it just seems to be very difficult not to go crazy Mm -hmm. as a, or not to be a crazy tennis parent. It just seems very difficult, like, because there's an extra layer there. There's not oh, I went and played a basketball tournament. The coach was there. The coach said this to me. The parent doesn't even have to be involved. And I guess the parent doesn't have to be involved in tennis either, but it's still, the parent may be the only one watching.
2: First of all, super valid point about the difference in tennis particularly and a lot of other sports your kid might play, whether it's soccer, basketball, baseball. To your point, there's usually a coach right there all the time. And in an individual sport like tennis, that there's a challenge there. So I'd say two things. One, just from years and years as, as a playing tennis and coaching tennis, one of the real principles that we all have to get if you're going to be successful is challenges represent opportunities. So you say, okay, we've just identified a challenge. So you've got a really good tennis kid. and Or even if you don't, I mean, you know, let's say they're eight and they're playing their first tournament. Right? Well, and they started to take lessons, but not 99 times out of 100, their coach isn't going to be there when they're playing in their first tournament. You are. How do we turn this into an opportunity, right? And one of the ways we turn that into an opportunity is you get educated a little bit and it, incur- it motivates you to start to learn a little bit about how you can support your your child in the right way in that, in that environment. We can get into that if you want, but it also gets into... For your kid to go, you know what? Sometimes in life, you've got to solve your own problems. You've got to be able to deal with challenges and adversities that come up. And boy, sports, what environment is better than sports at really making that happen? Team or not. Tennis, by the way, you can make the cases. is one of the most challenging sports psychologically there is. There's no timeouts. There's no coaching from the sidelines. Heck, even in pro tennis, there's no coaching from the sidelines. You know what I mean? Uh, there's no clock that's going to run out. It's one-on-one. There's all kinds of challenging psychological aspects to the sport of tennis. Are these just problems we can't solve or these opportunities for your kid to grow? Right? So let's look at it that way. I wrote a fairly long appendix to this book in this book. And it was, the title is uh, an email from the dark side. And it starts with an email that we got from a parent who was about as far down the road as you could be in the wrong direction. That appendix is basically my, my long response. If they had asked me or if I'd have been involved early on in that process before they got that far down the road, which is if you're going to be at the tournament Uh, at the competition with your child. One is you have to realize that you have to be an actor. uh, So often as a parent, you have to counteract those emotions. If you're, if you're the kind of parent who twitches every time the ball hits the net, (laughs) you know, you got to chill with that, right? You've got to present as if you genuinely are loving watching your kid play. And your emotions are telling you exactly the opposite. You're hating this. You despise this thing. I mean, you're dealing with the other parents. You're dealing with your kid out there. You're processing all their emotions. You feel terrible. You just want to leave, right? But you know you can't, so you're stuck. But what do you have to project? The complete opposite, right? So you better be ready for that. You're performing as much as your kid is. It's just in a whole different way, and your kid doesn't know it. So that would be one thing. Another one would be, uh, let's go back to tennis. If you're you're kids in tennis, they do have a coach back at home, and they do have a coach. Let's say they do. Well, I've told so many parents this. Just email me just as soon as you you get home. Don't go into it with your kid on the drive home unless they ask, right? I would love this as your kid's coach. I want to help you. I just can't be there that Sunday afternoon at 3. I have my own kids. (laughs) You know what I mean? So just email me the bullet points. By the end of you writing that email, that will be most of all you need to do anyway. You just need to get it out. Mm -hmm. And especially if you trust me enough to know that I'll follow up, then you can just let it be, right? Um, Another thing you can do is encourage your kid to do that. And this would be along the lines of you know, where we really want to go is, does your kid after those competitions – You know, one of my favorite questions to the kids every time they played a tournament and they come in for their next lessons. All right. What are what are two things that went well and what are two things that didn't go right? Because I want to start a dialogue there. Usually I'd ask them to they better be ready for that question when they come back in. (laughs) Right. Because we want your kid to be able to do all this stuff. What's the point of you being an expert in the stuff your kid needs to do or doesn't need to do? Or stop on a tennis court if your kid doesn't internalize any of it. So that's where we have to go.
0: We really appreciate Bill being on the podcast. We have one more episode with Bill where he discusses why you need to consider your child's personality and also your personality as a sports parent and also his most memorable moment coaching and playing. And just for the record, I think tennis is the most fun sport there is, but I know I get nervous when I watch my teammates play this unofficiated sport. I'm fine when I'm playing, but I get nervous watching them play. So I have a lot of empathy for tennis parents, but I believe if everyone reads Bill's book, we'd be in a much better place. If you'd like to purchase his book or read his blog, you can go to BillShillings.com and we've included a link to his website in our show notes. We hope you check out our website, which is SecondServePodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the courts soon.